Hallelujah. Well, this word I want to share. Uh, who went to hunger conference? Anyone? <laughs> Jesus, help me. It was such a wreck in the best way. <laughs> it was, I couldn't even, this was the word I had on my session that we never got to because the fire of God blew out. and <laughs> I legitimately had a word. Hallelujah. Um, and so I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to release this word to you right now. Um, so, uh, who went to Andrew's session on, yeah, so he, I didn't get to go, but I watched online and he was firing out all these words for 2020. It was like, I feel like this is like the new year's Eve service for 2020. And I was like, Oh my gosh, writing it all down. Actually, maybe I'll go there and tell you some of it. It was so awesome. Um, but one of the things he was, um, oh, I'll just read it to you. Should we read them all? <laughs> he said, it's going to be the year of acquisition. Come on. The year of possession. <laughs> that word can have so many meanings. <laughs> Possess me, God. Couples coming together and dating. Woo. All the single people had a little whoo. Come on. Year of healing, of breakthrough, like of intimacy like we've never known. Man, I feel wrecked. <laughs> Jesus. Woo. Salvation of souls like we've never seen. I added the like we've never seen part. And uh, reeds turning into pillars. So much fire on these. Um, what I love about God is that he, he just blows our little box up of containment all the time. You know, and I don't know about you, but if you've been around ministry stuff and you're kind of in the prophetic circles, you can uh, pull up 2020 prophetic words, and it's like most of it, or a lot of what you hear is, Oh, yeah, 2020 vision. It's going to be a year of vision, 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 which is good. Sure, amen. But don't just assume because it's, a, it's a 2020 that that's what it is. Like, did you ask God? <laughs> oh, 20, it's great. It's like, you just made that up. And I'm not saying people did, but I love when God speaks something fresh. It's like, oh, okay. There's the, we couldn't even thought of this if we tried. Are you with me? And so when he was talking about um, acquisition, he said it over and over and over. Those of you who are in the service know. And, you know, when you go to acquire something, it takes, you have to go to possess it, right? You have to go get it. I mean, God can drop things out of heaven and mm, you just acquired something because it came out of a cloud. Sure. But usually when you're acquiring something, you really have to just put your face forward and get the thing. There's focus involved. <laughs> right, Tanner? So we're going to go to Philippians 3. And what I want to talk about today are the three, the three things that have helped me in my life to help me keep staying focused to press forward to get something. So just three tips. This is purely from my life. This is, and I preached some of this on a Tuesday night. I'll call it my Klingon message. <laughs> Who was there? <laughs> Everyone remembers because it was such a crazy night. This is like raw, 
Beck's life. This is, this is what has helped me, and I, I hope it can be a blessing to you. But, you know, if we're going to acquire something, we've got we to gotta get ourselves in position to go get the thing. Yeah. Philippians 3, is that what I told you? Yeah. Okay, let me get there. <laughs> Are you guys okay? Okay, we're going to go 3, verse 12. Okay, this is the very scripture that Andrew used when he was preaching as well. So uh, Philippians 3, verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Help me, Jesus. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward towards those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Okay, those are all I'm pressing words, right? Paul's not like sitting on his couch and saying, and the Lord will bring it to me and I will acquire what he has for me by sitting here. He's like, I'm pressing, I'm moving forward, I got my eyes fixed, I'm, I'm reaching to the things which are ahead of me. And these are the three things I want to talk about on how you can reach towards him and the things that are ahead of us for 2020. Does that sound good? Okay, the first thing I want to say that has really helped me in my life and just trying to press in towards Jesus is keeping my eyes fixed on him. Does everyone know the song? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Totally thought of that when I had this coming up, but it's so true because keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus is a discipline. As much as you feel good one day and we're like, yeah, dancing to the breakthrough, la la la, you'll get Monday comes. And, and, and it's like hell breaks loose or life happens and your gaze, which was so on him on Sunday, was gone. And we need, to, we need to be able to come to a place in our lives where we become disciplined to keep our gaze upon him. And what I mean by that, yes, physical eyes, but the eyes of our heart. Are you with me? I want to see you. I want to see you with the eyes of my heart. Where we come to a place where it's like the enemy might come in and Monday might come, but you've positioned yourself on the inside to gaze upon him as much as you possibly can so that you're not easily taken. You're not easily distracted because the gaze has been fixed. How does that come? Through practice. I would love to tell you that you just wake up one day after a fiery service or a fiery quiet time and your gaze is always on him and you never even have to try to take it off. Is anyone human in this room? Hello? Do I need to get in the pews? Tanner knows I will. <laughs> I have my few I pick on. <laughs> Okay, but keeping your eyes fixed on him, it's by practicing and staying with it and trying and trying again and doing everything you can to steward your heart to a place where it truly is gazing on him as much as you possibly can while still being able to function in your life. Does that make sense? But the thing is, in this life and right now, there's so much contending for our gaze. Okay, the enemy wants to come and distract us and, and, you know, look over here, look over there, you know, like that one magician movie. <laughs> it's like that you get the crowd looking over here while, he sneak, while they're sneaking around in the background doing something else. Does everyone see, what is that movie called? 
Now you see me, okay? They're like, the true art of a, uh, of a, a magician is to like get the crowd thinking you're doing something right here while all this action, the real magic is happening behind the scenes. And that's how the enemy works. He wants to get your gaze over here and distracted on all these things while he's working something in the background, trying to steal, kill, destroy, because he knows if he can get your gaze off of Jesus, he's, he's got you for a little moment. Is he more powerful than us? No. Okay, but we have a responsibility to keep our eyes fixed. Amen. Okay, so, you know, there's so many distractions for our gaze right now. Even, you know, with social media, I feel like I always pick on it, but here we are. Okay, with social media, so you got the devil trying to distract you, but then you have man trying to distract man. And everyone wants you to look at them, and everyone wants your gaze to be staring at them. Look at my profile. Look at my update. Look at how successful I am. And even in the name of God, look at who I got saved. Look at my great ministry. Look at my great worship. It's like man wants you to look at man. Stealing your gaze away, distracting you, making you compare yourself. And then there's Jesus who's constantly out to get you to keep your eyes on him. And, and, and when you're a baby Christian, it's like, oh, I love you, Jesus. And there are distractions because you're, you're learning a new way of life. But as we mature, we need to be able to have our eyes fixed no matter what. And it is possible. I have three little boys. And I tell you, man, getting them to get their eyes on me is like such hard work. Right, Ma? <laughs> Like, look at me, look at me when I'm talking to you. Look at my eyes. And they look for one second and then they're like, they're like, yes, ma. You know, like they're like, their head is towards me, but their eyes have now gone somewhere in the corner. I'm like, look at me and look at me. And I'll say it like 20 times and he'll look what I say. And then within a split second, his eyes are somewhere else again. And I, <laughs> it's like, it's like, how much closer can I get to make you look in my eyes? You look at people when they talk to you. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> it's my job to teach him to look at me, but I feel like that's how the Father God feels sometimes. He's like, look at me. Keep your eyes on me. Okay, okay. And then you're like, boop. He's like, okay, you might be having your face towards me. All right, but get those eyes on me. Look at me. Look at my eyes. <laughs> you're like, yes, Lord, you know. He's like, I get that you're facing me, but your eyes aren't on me. Isn't that funny? But that's the, that's, it, it, that's the most important person we should be looking at. <laughs> Amen? Amen? We don't, you know, and if, it, if, if so much of our society is vision-based now, because like flicking through social media or watching TV, YouTube more than ever, it's so vision-based, right? How much more do we need to fight to keep our vision pure? Okay, and Matthew 6.22, are you with me? Matthew 6.22 to 23 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, if your eyes are a lamp, and some people say, say it like this, your eyes are like gates. What you're letting in is going to penetrate inside of you. And if you have good stuff going in, there's light inside of you, right? That's what the scripture is saying. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. That's a big deal. 
Okay, there's so much pornography going on right now. There's so much, even just on regular TV shows, soft pornography, which is totally acceptable now. And there's such a, there's such a war for our eyes to stay gazed on him. And the, this is one of those kind of encouragements that no matter how much you grow in God, you're going to have to be like, hey, how are my eye gates doing? How's my lamp doing? I'll do my weekly check because if I'm going to be facing, uh, you know, towards him and acquiring what he has for me, I'm going to have to be looking in the direction that he is. You can't be like Jesus is here and you're like, I'm running after you, oh God. Yes, my gaze is upon you. He's over there. <laughs> you might think you are. Uh, the fruit of your life will tell you what you're looking at. That's for free. Okay, but there's so, we need to understand that there's so much power in what we're looking at, and we need to steward that well. No one else can, can force you to look somewhere, but you, it starts with you looking there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I could try and tell, ben, look at me, look at me, look at me, but I can't like get in there and grab his little eyeball and turn it towards me. Gross. Okay? I physically can't make him. Although I'm like this close to his face, you know? I'm like, look at me, look at me. How could you not look at me? Like, it's only me right here. Isn't that God? Hello, it's, I'm here. Look, God, where are you? God, help me. He's like, just get in the secret place. I'm right here. You just got to look at me. And it's so important that we, uh, in this journey of going after him, that we, we understand what we're looking at because sometimes we're so irresponsible with our eyes. Okay, and this is what I want to say. Our eyes are like the t a, a tool that we can use in our life. And it can either be used for good or for evil, just like, you know, it, light or darkness. And I'm going to point out a few scriptures that, that can, you see examples of it either going good or bad, okay? So uh, let's go to, in fact, I might just reference these so we don't have to go because I have a lot to get through, okay? If we look at even, at the beginning of time, at Eve in the garden, okay, the Bible says that she was in the garden, and we know that she sinned, but the scripture actually says that she looked at the tree and she saw, this is Genesis 3 verse 6, that it was pleasing to the eye. Pleasing to the eye. And isn't it so uh, incredible that so much of sin that we encounter in our lives started with something being pleasing to the eye and we didn't stop it. If Eve would have saw that it was pleasing but didn't sin, we would all be just in that garden right now. Hallelujah. Okay, but she didn't, she didn't guard her eye gate enough to be able to stop it where it started. Okay, and we see that too with David and Bathsheba, right? He saw her. Prequel to the sin was seeing something with his eyes that he didn't guard. Okay, in Matthew 14, verse 30, we see Peter walking on, uh, walking on water. Pretty awesome. The scripture actually says that when he saw the wind, he began to fear. Didn't say he heard the wind, even though it was probably howling. It referenced what he saw with his eyes. And the eyes became a tool for fear. Come on. Eve, her eyes became a tool for sin. And the enemy's looking to use your eyes to cause you to fear or sin against yourself and your life. Are you seeing something forming right now? Um, Hebrews 12, verse 2, we, it's a very popular scripture. The Bible says very clearly 
that we need to fix our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. So what that means is, while I, God wants to turn your little eyeball for you, there's something that we have to do in ourselves to say, I'm going to decide and discipline myself to fix my eyes. Uh, it's no one else's responsibility but mine to guard my eye gates to them not being used as a tool for the enemy. Amen? Okay, and, but it can be used for something that can be a tool for encouragement and bringing light. Okay, Psalms 121 uh, and verses 1 to 2 says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. What are they lifting my eyes? What just happened? They just got, they, they got used as a tool of encouragement. How many of you have been encouraged? Like, you know, even on the YouTube things that we watch, like you just see testimonies of people, li people's lives being changed and live stream. You just used your eyes for encouragement to bring more light in. Isn't that awesome? Okay. We need to, we need to be able to say, no, I can have control over my eyes. He restored dominion to me, the same dominion that Adam had. Therefore, there's strength because of him inside of me to discipline myself, to guard my heart, and to use my eyes to my advantage. Amen? Amen. I know I'm building a case, but I, I think you're grasping it. Okay, Jeremiah 5 and verse 21 says, God's saying to Israel, you have eyes, but you don't see. And we don't want to be these people that we, we, I feel like that's like, you know a lot, but you can't see the very thing that I have in front of you. And in our modern Christian, uh, you know, life, we have so much, we have so much words, so much power, so much, uh, wealth of stuff that we can reach from to get from God. But sometimes we still don't see even with all the stuff that we've been given. And I believe it's because there's a lack of intimacy. You got all the information, but you don't have revelation of that information. You need to encounter the knowledge that you have. What is that? Your eyes being open, the eyes of your heart being open to, to see. Everybody say see. See what he has for us. Amen. So, the, so something that helped me to be able to press and do this thing is just always keeping my eyes fixed on him. What does that look like in life? Uh, I try and spend as much time with him as possible. And I've said this, I think I said it last week, but I said it on Tuesday too. One of the main things that I hear Christians saying is that they, they struggle with spending time with God. And you'd think it's like, oh, because we just love him and we can go in the secret place, there's no veil, we can go straight to him, that everyone would be seeking him all the time. But the enemy in his distractions and man in their distractions can steal us from keeping our gaze on him. Nothing can replace time being spent with Jesus. So if you want to fix your eyes on him, you have to take your eyes off of other things, go into your room, close the door, and spend time with him alone. Not with your Todd White podcast. God bless it. It's awesome. But there has to come a place where it's like no one can put their eyes on God for you. That's your job. I, I'm going to put my eyes on you. And, and sometimes we only do this when all hell's breaking loose. And we're like, God, where are you? And he's like me being in Benjamin. Say, I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. You just didn't think you needed to look straight at me until something happened. Hey, but this is, and this is, I feel like too, the enemy is like, it's so hard. This is so many distractions. It's so hard. This Christian life. Yes, it is hard, but it's actually very simple. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say it's too hard to spend time with God. It's, it's too much of an uphill battle. I never feel him when I spend time in his presence. I dare you to try and not give up for a week. 
Because I think part of the problem is people just try and they don't feel them and then they give up. Okay, but it actually takes scheduling and time. You, have, you can put a reminder in your calendar, this is time with God. Before I build my monthly schedule, I build God in because I'm purposing to fix my eyes on him. Okay, I don't want to have eyes and not see. I don't want to be full of knowledge and not see the revelation of the knowledge that I have. Are you with me? Okay, and then it gets to a point where we, so we're like focusing, we're trying to spend time with God, and we know we want to use it for a tool for good. That means we got to let go of all the things we shouldn't be looking at. Amen? Amen. I don't want to let it go. What do you want to fill your eye? Good luck trying to put both in all the time, because one will override the other. Can't serve two masters, Matthew 6, 24. Okay, you got to choose what you're going to invest in. And don't be sad if all you're doing is investing in yucky things in your eyes and you're just getting yuck out of it. The Bible says unhealthy. Your whole body will be not good if unhealthy things are going in your eyes. we got to make a choice to let some stuff go. Stop filling our life with substitute love. Come on, substitute. You know, it's like, I can only relax by watching like at least 20 Netflix shows. That's a, that might be a problem. Because my comfort comes from him. And yes, we have times where you just want to watch a show. Fine. That's great. But when that replaces you fixing your eyes on him in the secret place, that's not a good thing. Are you with me? Okay. And we also know too, Matthew 5, 29 says, if your eye causes you to sin, your eye gouge that thing out. Whoa. I'm not telling anyone to gouge anything. <laughs> Whoa. But I am saying it's, it's our responsibility to take out the things that shouldn't be there. Are you with me? Okay. It doesn't say, and the Lord will come and gouge out your eye. Are you alive? <sighs> you got to do it. We can do this. Come on. God's inside of us. We have the power to take dominion over ourselves. We want to go to the nations. We want to, you know, we want to get our city saved, but you can't even deal with stuff going in these gates right here. Come on. Start with this. Take dominion over this before you think you're going to have dominion over cities. Maybe that's what's been hindering you. How are you going to acquire something if there's all this other junk in the way and you can't even see what you're going after to acquire? Get that figured out. Spend time in the secret place with God and gaze at him. What does that look like? Worship. Put your eyes into the word of God. That's Jesus. Gaze at him in the word. Everybody loves to shout me down messages and then you're like, read your Bible. Like, <laughs> that is also Jesus. Just so you know, the fire tunnel was God. Your Bible is God. Coming straight from here to your house. <laughs> we got to fix our eyes. We got to do this thing. It's so simple, but we just still don't do it. Isn't it crazy? I know I need to see come. I know. Close your door. I know. Okay, so like where's the consistency over your life that you know? Because anyone can like fast a day or two maybe and just go hardcore. And then you like don't spend the time with God for three months. Why do I know this? Because I am guilty of this right here. And then you add marriage and children, and you're like, I don't even know who I am, let alone how to spend time with God. Like, you're delirious, sleeping in the corner. <laughs> Can any moms bear witness with me? Yeah, come on. They're like, girl, yes, I know. <laughs> 
You're like, where are, I don't even know where the secret place is. I don't even know where my own bed is, okay? <laughs> I mean, most of you aren't in that place, praise. You might be one day. All the single ladies are going to have kids. Okay, but if, if you can learn to build a secret place with God right now where you're fixing your gaze on him, when, when life comes and you got kids and it's hard and you don't know where your bed is, whatever, okay, if you've built something up on the inside of you that when you're falling asleep on the couch, you're fixing your gaze. <laughs> Babies are screaming, your hair is crazy, you're like fixing my eyes on you. Because I learned that the secret place is inside of me, not just in a room. But I had to start in a room because I had to build myself up on the inside with him. We can do this. <sighs> so fixing our eyes. I think we get the picture, right? You guys with me? You got to keep your eyes on him if you're going to get him. And this is, okay, I'm going to move to my next point, which is what my, one of my favorite, most favorite points. And so, <laughs> what I found with pursuing God and getting everything that he has for me is that um, I don't take no from, for an answer from God. So I fix my eyes on him. How many of you spent, like, spent time with God and you, like, it was like you were the only one that showed up? <laughs> Has anyone ever had that? You're like, I'm with you, Lord, and the Lord is nowhere to be found. <laughs> you're like, it's you in the walls and a quiet room and the trees swaying outside, and you're like, this is the only time I have, and you're not even here. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> I, um, <laughs> Jesus, you know I love you. You know what I'm saying. Okay, so I remember we were growing up in this uh church on fire for God. It was, it was like this. And we were just all young people, single, just rah, you know. And, uh, you know, a lot of unhealthy competition going on and like people like who can seek God more. <laughs> so real. Okay. You think like when you get in church that stops, but then it just morphs into something else dysfunctional. Well, I saw God for this long. Okay. No wonder you looked so much holier than you did last time I saw you. And they like, like twitch a little more in the Holy Ghost and they're like, oh. oh, don't think you, don't tell me you hadn't done that and looked at someone and been like, I wish I had what they had. And so we were seeking God and man, there's this one girl, she was like the most best, glorious, holiest person ever. And I was like, I wish, you know, she would tell me about her times with God and like God would show up and blow up and all these revelations. And I'm like sitting there with silence and the wind and no one's there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do you do? You know, do, should I do what you do so that God explodes on me in the secret place? Like what, you know? And um, we know that Hebrews 4 verse 16 tells us to come boldly, right? Confidently to the throne of grace that we may obtain, come on, mercy and grace. And so I took it very literally, the scripture, and I was like, right. How many of you feel bold when you feel like God isn't there? I don't know about you, but I would feel deflated. I'd be like, God shows up for her and not me, and like, maybe I have some hidden sin I don't even know I have, you know? Maybe I'm just seeking him wrong. Maybe I need to fast and read like she does. 
And then I just got to this point, and I remember it so clearly because I was sitting in my room, and I was like, right, you're not going to show up? Fine. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Can you see? I was, I was tootie with the Lord, man. I was like, I know you're there. How many of you know this from the Tuesday? I was like, you are there somewhere, and I'm going to get you. Oh, I don't even care if you, wanna show, you don't want to show up your presence here. I'm, I'm, I'm after you. And I started getting crazy in my mind. Can I say it? That's really not politically correct. But I got to a place in my mind where I was like, it no longer matters if I think you're there or not. I am after you. I love you. And I don't care. I'm going to sow a seed into your heart right now, whether it's the devil hindering us or me or sin. I don't even know. But the point is, I will not be stopped. I know you're there. And I believe that we don't, we don't move forward and press forward and, and acquire much because we're waiting for God to just like blow up in our lives before we have permission to go get him. And we were just like, God, come to me. Where is God? I, I decided I'm not wasting my time wondering anymore. Even though that might fly across my mind. And I'm like, where is he? I don't know. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> See a little fire in my eye. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not a victim. And I know you can hear me. I know you can hear me. And I'm after you. I literally did this in my room because I was like, I see you. And I was like, I got crazy in my mind. And I was like, I've got full permission to be a stalker. <laughs> you have permission, everybody. You've been using your stalking in the wrong way. Okay? Don't stalk on social media. Use that stalking gift for the Lord. Come on. Don't tell me you don't know how to stalk. Okay? I've seen some of you. <sighs> there is so much talent. Instead of being a desperate single stalker, now I'm a desperate hungry daughter. And I'm like, I'm not a victim. You have not left me. I don't care what I can't hear. That's no longer going to bother me because it's not going to stop me. I'm going to pursue. And if I have to stare at the wall, fine. But I know you can hear me. And I'm after you. And I'm going to stalk you. And I'm going to cling to you. We can't spend our lives waiting for something. Just go get it. Come boldly. It doesn't say feel all the feels, then come boldly. It says come boldly and obtain. Some of us are not obtaining because we're sitting back. And we feel like God's abandoned us. Even in that feeling, you don't have to stop. I felt those feelings. I'm like, there's the favorite. I'm not the favorite. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. He can't get away from me now. Mm. I'm after you. I'm going to stalk you, Jesus. You can't get away from me. And then I had a vision of myself. You know, like the dads, you know, like dads who have kids, you know, I'll come up here. And like the kids are like, daddy, I want to play. And he's like trying to get on with his life. And the kid just gets on the leg and he's like, daddy. And like he's like clinging on to the leg and he like can't go anywhere. Cause has anyone ever seen that? And I got a picture of myself doing that to the leg of the father. And I was like, 
<laughs> I'm like, I am clinging to you. You can't go anywhere without me going. You can't do your business without me being there. Because I'm clinging to you because I know you can hear me. And I know you love me. I'm no longer going to wait for feeling or emotion or 25 confirmations. Uh, uh, Hebrews 4, 16 says, I have full permission to get you. And so I'm after you. And we need to get to a place inside of us that it doesn't matter what the outside is doing. It will never dictate and change my heart to get him. You, I'm a cling on to you. I'm going to get you. You will not escape me. And sometimes it's like, oh, we cannot escape God's gaze. What about you just getting all up in his gaze? What about you just getting all, come boldly. You know, sometimes we look at the scripture through our Western culture. It's like, God is not American. He's a Jew, man. They're fiery. And I personally think he likes it when you're all up in his grill. He's like, oh, okay, who's this? They're not whining, victim crying, needing me to change their poopy diaper. Come on. They all got on up and they were in my face like, whoa. And then they're like, oh my gosh, who is this? I'm up here holding up the universe. Who will not let me go? Me. Me. The one who didn't have the glorious five-hour experiences of revelation. Those are good. But I don't have that. I don't care. I'll act like I did. Mm. Coming after him like I did have five hours of revelation. And I count it as seed in his heart. I'm going to reap a harvest in your heart, God. I'm, I'm after you. You can't escape me. That's how we have to be with him. I'm coming boldly. I'm not waiting for you to come, which is fine. But you can't sit there. You spend years of your life just sitting there. When he's, we can be God chasers, God stalkers. You're not a victim. He left the door wide open. Come on in. What is it going to take? And if the enemy can get you somewhere and then cause you to stop seeking him, he'll keep hitting that spot so you won't seek him. There has to come a point where you're like, oh, even if you want to be up in my grill, you can come with me to seek God. Fine. You want to attack me, devil? You're coming with to the feet of Jesus. You cling, oh, cling on to the Father. You want to hang around me now? Because I live in cling zone, okay? You got to get crazy about it. He loves it. I love it when my kids run after me and give me a hug. It like melts my whole life. And that's the father. He's just standing there waiting for us to come on. Look at me. Run to me. Come and get me. Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek him. Go get him. Sick him. <laughs> right? <laughs> Woo! That's me. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek it. And you will find knock and the door will be opened. We all know this scripture. But how much seeking are you doing? How much knocking? Knock on my heart. Come to me. Whatever. I'm getting him. Full stock. Okay? And it says knock. Ask, seek, knock. Those are all things that we do. Not out of striving, but out of a heart that says, I will never stop. 
I will not take no for an answer. I don't care if I'm the babiest of Christians. I'm after him. I don't care if I have it wrong or right. It doesn't matter. Nothing is going to change or stop me from just going. Hmm. Full mode. Asking, seeking, knocking. God, open the door for me. He's like, it is open. Just go. Get him. Are you with me? You got to just know that he's there. And there are times when we're dry, but if you can get, work through those moments and not let the enemy win and cause you to stop seeking him, if we can get through those moments, we become stronger and our faith grows. And you're not relying on emotion anymore. Your spirit is living and your faith is alive. And it doesn't matter if I feel or not feel. This is what I know. And I live from the inside out. Don't wait. Go get him. Okay, and, and just go full force crazy at him because I feel like he loves it. Okay, are you alive? Yes, yes I will go. Uh, come on. <laughs> I'm get up in your grill. <laughs> are you alive? Hello? Okay, who's going to stalk God after this? <laughs> Me. Who's going to cling on? Don't let the devil lie to you and stop you. Just be, just find his leg. Okay, attach and carry on, okay? <laughs> Everything will work out in a minute if you just stay close to him. Keep your eyes heart to heart. Nothing, there's nothing stopping you. And yes, the demonic might be there. Yes, your schedule might be crazy. Uh, trust me, I know. And I have to find all these creative ways to spend time with God because my time is stolen everywhere else. Those of you who have been around my kids, you know, it's like they pretty much scream, run, fight, scream, you know, all the time. So even if you do find time alone, you hear the screaming and you're immediately out, you know. But even in all of that, I found a secret place with him that I carry with, within myself. And during the day, I just, it, he brings these moments where I can just be with him and it's awesome. But if I wasn't looking for that creatively, they w I would never have an opportunity to really and I want to encourage you that there is time. Ask the Holy Spirit for creativity to show you how to bring it forth in your life. The point is just do it. Come boldly before his throne. Don't wait for him to blow up and the Holy Ghost fire rolling in the secret place. Then I can come. He already said you can come. Are you with me? Okay, so we're keeping our eyes on him. We're clinging on to him. Okay, and the last thing I want to say is this. If we're really going to go all out and just this 2020 word and the acquiring and read to pillar, you know, all these things, this is what you're going to have to know about God. If you're going to go anywhere with him, he's going to want the most valuable, precious thing in your life given to him. Sometimes we think it's like everything's addition, like, oh, and then God will add this to me and he'll add this to me and all these things are going to come to me and we think there's no exchange. There's always an exchange. He'll bring the stuff, but it will require a letting go of other things. You exchange his for yours. And what you need to understand, it's, it's not if he's going to ask for a precious thing or a valuable thing in your life. It's when he's going to ask. And, and because uh, Exodus 20 verse 5, the Lord is telling the children of Israel, he is a jealous God. He doesn't want you bowing down to anyone else, giving your heart to anyone else. Okay, Deuteronomy 4.27 says he's a God, he's a jealous God, he's a consuming fire. 
Jealousy is a very strong word to use, and that's how he feels towards us. And even we know in Revelation 2 verse 4 that Jesus' issue with the church was that they had let go of their first love. Why? Because he's jealous, because he has to be number one. Okay, we know Matthew 22, uh, the greatest commandment is Jesus is describing is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we're really going to acquire and go after this with God, he's going to, I'm telling you, he's going to get up in your grill. You'll be chasing him, clinging on, and then he'll be like, hey, you know that really precious thing that you have, that special thing? I want it. Give it to me. <laughs> because I'm jealous for you, and I, there's, there's no replacement for you. Okay? He, he created you before you knew you were you. <laughs> and, and there comes points in our life, in order for us to really acquire the new thing, it's, it's the letting go of whatever that thing is that we're holding on so tight to, that's precious to us, and I just want to keep this thing for, all for me. And he's like, give it to me. Because he has to know that he's the first love of your life, and that he is the Lord no matter what. Because if there can be a thing that the enemy can come and say, oh, just hang on to this, just put it in the place of God, the enemy will try it on and you'll lose that special place with the Lord and disobey the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So we've heard it so much, but are we living it? Are we really loving him? And sometimes we read that scripture, yeah, love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And it's all about loving the neighbor, but what about loving the Lord first? What is the thing in your life that you're not willing to give him? Is it your future spouse? Is it the idea of a prophetic word dream that hasn't come to pass, but the Lord is just wanting you to trust him and you to give it to him? How will you acquire if you're just being controlling of this thing. And it's almost like, that. have you guys ever seen that meme or that picture on, on Facebook? It's like Jesus leaning down and it's the little kid with the little teddy bear. Has anyone seen this? The little kid's holding the little teddy bear and Jesus like, give it to me. But behind his back is a giant teddy bear. And the little kid doesn't know that the giant teddy bear is, but all he sees is Jesus saying, give that teddy to me, buddy, sweetie. Okay, and sometimes we think that God is looking to take something from us or what will I do if I don't have this thing? You'll have the love of your life, the jealous God pouring his life into you. See, what you don't realize is that thing that you're holding is standing right in the way of your heart. If you just get that out of the way, give it to him. We know if you cast your bread upon waters after many days, it'll return to you, but there's a casting that has to happen. What are you doing in that relationship? What are you doing with that, uh, that, that career or that friendship or that ideology that God's like, give it to me. You need to make way for what I have for you. But in order for me to do that, there has to be an exchange. Give it to me first. You want this little big teddy? I know you want it. See, but if we knew that was there, we'd be like, oh, yeah, have it, Lord, have it all. But that's never how he presents it. It's always like gulp, okay, I'm going to give this to you. And then I have, it's like, I have nothing but you. Good. That's what he wants. Do not stop him from getting what he wants. Do not withhold from him because it's always in our benefit. 
Okay, you got to give up that partying lifestyle. You got to give up drugs and alcohol. You got to give those things up. Why? Because really you're in love with them more than him. You're in love with the idea of all these things more than him. And he doesn't, not, he doesn't like that way. He didn't give his son and, and rip the veil from the top to the bottom so that you could stay separated and he would have to go through something to get to you. Well, I don't go through any man. Yeah, but you got to go through all that social media you're on. You got to go through all that, all those friendships and social gatherings and all the other things you do. And he's not the first love of your life. If you really thought about it, some of us, and he's yearning, he's jealous. He's a consuming fire. He loves you so much. He will not stop. See, we might stop seeking him. We might not cling. We might not stalk him, but he will never stop. He loves you too much. But we make it a clearer path for him, an easier way for him if we learn to just let go of the special things and we give it to him. Jesus, you are more special than this most precious thing to me. Jesus, I love you more. The idea, sometimes, sometimes it's an idea of something. The idea of having to have that vacation or that house or that special thing. And it's not that God doesn't want to give it to you, but he has to be the Lord. You will not acquire all that he has for you if, you're, if you refuse to let go. You'll stay right in that season going around and around and around. There might be different faces. There might be different churches, but you'll be sitting in that season. And he is not asking us to do something that he himself did not do. He gave his most precious, valuable possession, Jesus. He led by example. And his hands reaching out, give it to me. Give me that thing that's so valuable and precious to you. Because I want to be heart to heart with you. He's not going to share his love via someone else. And those of us who are single too, it's like we need to learn to have him as our first love because he will not go through your spouse when you get married. Let me tell you that. Okay, sometimes with the idea of marriage and being married and then you get married and it's like you have this like first love of your spouse, which is, okay, great, you love them, but still the Lord has to be first. He will not go through your spouse to get to you. Are you with me? And if we can learn to just say, Jesus, I love you, I, I respond the same way as you approached me. You gave me everything, I'm going to give you everything. That's how I'm going to acquire, that's how I'm going to be turned from a reed to a pillar, is through this one thing. And, and it's, it's this, he loves you too much to share you, even though he does. You hear me out, right? Of course. You have your spouse, it's the most amazing love after Jesus. Hallelujah, I love you, honey. Okay? But him and I both know that Jesus is the, our first love. And I don't want any Revelation 2-4 coming at me. You gave up your first love. I want to be like, I gave you everything. It's the best way to live. And it's the most secure, safest place when you've given all for him. And no, this is what I say to you. No one can give that special thing for you. You have to do it. Again, there are times in life when you give the thing and the Lord brings it back around, but most of the time it's here, have this. Let it go on your altar and burn. That's how much you have to let go. Because sometimes we give God the precious things. We're like, oh yeah, it's like Isaac. And when God said to give him as a sacrifice, God eventually said, no, no, don't kill Isaac. But God, Abraham didn't know that. Abraham, Abraham went to... God's like, give me your only son you waited all these years for. Just go ahead and sacrifice him. 
And sometimes we read that story, and because we know the end result, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so I'm just going to go be like, put Isaac on the altar, and then I know that God's just going to, like, give it back to me. So and you're, not, you're not really putting him on the altar. You're not really putting, like, deep down, your in, you're in, you're inside is like, yeah, nah, it's going to be fine. Here you go, God. This, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, give it up like you don't think it will ever come back around again. Give the thing up. It's, it might be a person. It might be a, a dream that so you've been clinging on to, and it's getting in the way between your personal time with God because you're all confused about it. Just let go. He loves you. And it's not like you let go, and then you're left all empty and hollow, and there's nothing left. He pours his love inside of you. And he gets to a place deep, deep inside of you that he couldn't access before because you had something else sitting there. It's the most beautiful, amazing, and painful thing to do, but there's nothing more fulfilling. You end up walking away being like, I gave it all. It feels so good. He can have it all. And I really wanted to uh, kind of transition the service in this way. That's like we all do business with the Lord and um, ask him if there's anything we need to give him. Maybe ideas, it might be you have this big dream that you're hanging on to. And I'm not saying don't have dreams, but you get what I mean. Okay, even if he took the dream away, would you still be okay, just you and him? Even through the pain, would you be okay? So um, I don't know if Mason is here. Yes, do you want to come up and play for a little bit? It's very sobering, but it's so awesome. Because God is not just jealous, angry jealous. He's in love jealous. He loves you so deeply. He wants to get all in your heart and sweep you off your feet in his presence. And we always think the little teddy bear is like the best thing we ever had until he whips out the giant one and you're like, I'm so glad I gave up that thing. Because look at this giant teddy. Is this helping somebody? Okay, I just wanted to share from my own life about keeping our eyes on him, clinging to him, and then the very, is where you give up. And you give, you give everything. You can have it. So I'm actually going to open the altar right now. And um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the church. And uh, if there's like a give your heart to Jesus moment, I just always do. <laughs> Does anyone ever do that? You're like, yeah, just, I give you my heart again. <laughs> Not because I don't think I'm saved, but I love getting to that point of desperation. Here's my life again. And I really believe that this is a pivotal moment for our hearts because we are entering such an awesome year that the Lord is searching and doing work in us so that we can be launched into the next season of our lives. All those words I spoke. I believe they're all from the Lord. So right now, why don't we just, um, let's stand up. And I'm just going to open the altar up. And this is between you and the Lord. This is not like a fire tunnel moment. This is, even though those are great, praise. You never know what will happen. This is a moment of Jesus. Let it never be said of my life that I forgot my first love. Let it never be said, God, and I'm not saying we have to be perfect and there aren't moments where we make a mistake, but the, 
but the, under it all, you have made him your first love. So right now, um, if that's you, I want to just open up the altar. If you want to come up and just say, God, I'm just going to come up to this altar and give it all again because I feel like I haven't and there's been things in my heart and in my life I haven't clung to you I haven't been having my eyes on you and you're jealous for me and I'm sorry I've been holding myself back I haven't given the little teddy I haven't I've been withholding and in control so if that's you I want to encourage you to come up as an outward sign of what's going on on the inside because sometimes those are the solidifying moments Everyone can do business in their seat, but there's something about outward sign solidifying what you're doing in your heart. And this is just you and the Lord. No one's going to lay hands on you. This is God, have my life again. And you might just, I repent, God. I give you this area. Or Lord, I just love you so much. I just cling to you. This is me walking up to your leg right now. <laughs> We have so much more than his leg, but you get what I mean. <laughs> Jesus, thank you that you're jealous for us. And I pray, God, that as we release to you right now, that the exchange of love would happen. We let go of the, of the things standing in the way. We know what they are. You know what they are. We just give them to you. And I pray for just an outpouring of love to come upon us right now. Just pour out your love on us in Jesus' name. Pour out your love on us in Jesus' name. We let go. We just let it go. We let go. We're, we let go of every idol everything standing in our way, every way of thinking that is not of you, God. Everything we've been clinging on to because of fear, God. Or you might be up here repenting for having your eyes on the wrong thing. God, we repent for having our eyes on the wrong thing. We've been not guarding our eye gates and our eyes have not been lamps. They've been places that brought darkness in. And Lord, even things... Uh, in society that we've been hanging on to that is not a part of your kingdom and you give that precious thing to me. We give it over to you right now. We give it over to you, God. Here. Have it. Have it, God. If you want me to stop celebrating things that are not of you, I'll give it to you. If you want me to stop partying with these people, here. You want me to let go of this relationship, here. This dream, here. Have my calling. Have it. And God asks you to fill right now. Fill. Love. <laughs> Hope. That we're not left empty-handed. Our hands are full of your embrace. Our arms are full of you. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Wash us with your love. Wash us with your freedom. 
And I thank you that this is a turning point, God, for, for breakthroughs for a lot of us. It's just that one thing was in the way. Or you know what? I just wasn't seeking enough, and I, I didn't feel his presence, and so I thought he rejected me. But now I know it doesn't matter. I can just cling to him. Jesus. Yes, Lord, I just pray you'd wash over all of us in here. Wash us with your love. We just break every demonic assignment in Jesus' name over us, every weapon formed against us. It will not prosper in Jesus' name. And we just, God, we invite you into our minds if we're deceived in any area and we're calling something you that isn't actually you, you're invited in. Come into our minds right now. Come into our minds and bring truth in Jesus' name. Shine your light on the way we think, God. We're not going to fight anymore if you challenge us. We're going to say, yes, I'm going to listen. We repent for fighting you, God. Why not? Yeah. I thank you, God, that's a joyful moment. Joy in Jesus' name. We don't have to stay solemn and sad and serious after these moments. We can take responsibility and be sober and then enjoy you. Hallelujah. Can we do that, actually? Let's just start enjoying. Can we just throw our arms up, our hearts out? Oh, Phil, in Jesus' name joy unspeakable, joy overflowing, joy unspeakable, joy overflowing, not always serious and sad and sorry. We move on from those moments of repentance into your joy, into a new chapter, hallelujah, into our first love, heart to heart with you, God. I pray that intimacy would explode with you in our hearts, God, that we would feel closer to you than we ever have, God. As we let go of our idols and let go of all the other things standing in the way, I just pray for an explosion of intimacy with you, explosion of closeness, that we would get revelation and we would hear your voice louder than ever before, God. Oh, <laughs> that we would have joy unspeakable. Woo! Joy unspeakable. <laughs> Come on, just say yes to that. Yes. Yes. Come and rearrange our lives, God. And I thank you that we can enjoy you while it's happening. Huh? In Jesus' name. Oh, that's it. Just start receiving from it. The life of God coming alive. Coming alive in Jesus' name. Oh, shaka. True joy. True joy in Jesus' name. True joy in Jesus' name. Joy unspeakable. First love joy. First love joy. Woo. Sweep us off our feet in your presence. <laughs> Whoa. Vision. 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 Visions. Oh. Woo. 
<laughs> we come under your rest, under your ease, under your yoke. Oh, under your burden. We cast everything else aside in Jesus' name. Woo! Arrest us, God. Arrest us. <laughs> yes, fire. Fire the Holy Ghost. Burn. Love. Whoa. Fiery love on us in Jesus' name. I break depression's power in Jesus' name. I break anxiety's power. Every spirit of heaviness, every spirit of apathy in Jesus' name, every spirit of hopelessness and fear and doubt and unbelief, I break its power with the blood of Jesus right now. Woo! We will not be yoked to anxiety and fear. We will not be yoked to doubt and unbelief in Jesus' name. We're breaking free of those shackles today in Jesus' name. We're breaking free of those shackles. Woo! No limitations. Woo! Oh, God, I pray that dreams would come true. <laughs> I pray that pro prophecy would come true, God. As we release it to you that you have room to work whoa and turn it all around <laughs> show everything works better when it's coming through him hallelujah more joy come on just a little bit longer more in jesus name joy unspeakable overflowing oh Fear, doubt, anxiety, hopelessness, it just leaves. It goes. One who is greater is here. Woo! And his love drives out fear. His love annihilates doubt. Come on. His love smashes hopelessness. Woo! His yoke is easy. Oh. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Cast your cares on him. Whew. We used to do the exchange right now in Jesus' name. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. And fresh air spiritually. Fresh air in Jesus' name. And hope restored. Come on not hope deferred no sick hearts in jesus name hope fulfilled in you in your special way god in your perfect way not our way in jesus name Whew. hallelujah <laughs> uh, let's take a deep breath better whoa who okay one more <sighs> thank you Jesus that's it that's it oh okay one more <sighs> ease uh ease and lightness even in the battle god ease 
Holy. Amen. Hallelujah. You can stay here, but I'm going to close the service. Mace will play for a little bit longer. <laughs> and um, if you want to keep just doing business with the Lord, you can, because his shoulders are big enough to carry what you have to carry. You just put them right on his shoulders. In fact, you can just stand on his shoulders while you're at it. I'm strong when I'm on your shoulders. Sounds familiar. So uh, I love you all so much. And um, yeah, we'll see you Tuesday.